0: Russian whiz kid, what's your name, Chanko, Cherpov? Ensign Chekov, Pavel Andreevich, sir.
1: Fine, Chekov, Pavel Andreevich. Begin shipwide mission broadcast?
0: Yes, sir, happy to. Ensign authorization code 95, Victor, Victor 2. Authorization not recognized. Ensign authorization code 95, Victor, Victor 2. Access granted. May I have your attention, please? At 2200 hours, telemetry detected an anomaly in the neutral zone, what appeared to be a lightning storm in space. Soon after, Starfleet received a distress signal from the Vulcan High Command that their planet was experiencing seismic activity. Our mission is to assess the condition of Vulcan and assist in evacuations if necessary. We should be arriving at Vulcan within three minutes. Thank you for your time.
2: Thank you for joining us for a special episode of Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, to talk about the life and times of actor Anton Yelchin, who was tragically and and senselessly taken from us this past weekend. Joining me, as he always does, is my co-host Dan Davidson. And Dan, I'm I, I don't know about you, but I'm still trying to process. This has really hit me um, harder than I thought it would.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, thanks. First of all, thanks for uh, for the introduction. It's always good to be here. Although today is not a great reason to be uh, discussing what we're discussing. Um, yeah, I think we're both still processing it, and it's going to take time for a lot of people, including ourselves, to process it completely. Very, very tragic, senseless, and freak accident which uh, took the life of Anton Yelchin yesterday or Saturday night, early Sunday morning.
2: It's still kind of mind-blowing at this point. I think we're all trying to wrap our heads around it. Um, But why don't you run us through what we know about what happened at this point?
1: Sure. Um, From reports that came out, um, Anton was supposed to be uh, at a rehearsal of some kind on Saturday night. We don't know what the rehearsal was for, uh, but his friends uh, got a little worried when he didn't show up. Uh, So they went to his house and found him, unfortunately, already dead. And what had happened is his car somehow, um, he got out of his car and somehow it rolled backwards and pinned him between the security gate of his house and a brick mailbox stand of some kind. Uh, Unfortunately, the impact trapped him and he died due to blunt trauma asphyxiation. Uh, is the official report. Uh, it's, you just can't even fathom something like this happening. 27 years old, unbelievable career so far, which we're going to get into shortly. And of course, as we knew him as Pavel Chekov, just the the potential uh, for future Star Trek films and, and seeing him play that character, it's just mind-numbing.
2: It truly is. I mean, I think the thing that gets me the most about this story was the 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 announcement from Chrysler that they were investigating the accident because there was a a possible outstanding recall on his Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo for that would have or could potentially have we don't know for sure right. prevented this senseless tragedy from happening. I think that's the part that that really just makes me sick to my stomach.
1: It's very odd in reading the article about about um the jeep cherokee the um shift the shifter for that model vehicle was very it was difficult to determine whether you were in gear or not um and that's uh, there has been reports of this being a problem for a while or complaints i should say coming into um uh, chrysler over over time and um they did recently do a recall on it and i guess I mean, it makes perfect sense if that's what happens. If he, if he wasn't sure it was in neutral or not, if that driveway was on any kind of an incline or decline, it certainly makes sense that it would just roll. And unfortunately, he couldn't get out of the way. And this is what happens.
2: I think that probably it would be easy to go over the why and the wherefore for this this just senseless thing. And I keep coming back to that word because it's really the only one that fits. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it makes sense to talk about the, the amazing career that Anton had starting from such a young age. Right. You know, I mean, I remember him in an episode of ER. And it was right around the time I stopped watching ER, honestly. And I remember him from then. And he was, he was wonderful in that episode. And then I saw him in a series, and I think it was like 2004 or so. I could have the year wrong, but it was a Showtime series called Huff with Hank Azaria who's done a lot of voices for the Simpsons over the years and, and also Paget Brewster from Criminal Minds and he played their son who was going through typical teenage stuff amidst parents going through some really terrible things and he put together a performance that was credible and believable and I remember wa- remember watching him then going wow I, at first i thought maybe he was just a 30-year-old kid who looked you know young <laughs> yep but he had such talent and played those scenes with such great ability then that he impressed me back in those days. And and then I heard he was cast in Star Trek and I was like, wow, someone actually from Russia playing Pavel Chekhov that can actually speak Russian mm-hmm. and not sound like Walter Koenig. And, and <laughs> I don't mean to dig on Walter, but no. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um and I, I, just, I thought it was wonderful casting, and he, he did a great job. There's plenty of other things of his that I haven't seen, as I know you haven't. Yep. Um, you're a big horror fan, and, and I right. mentioned Fright Night.
1: Yeah. Um, one of my favorite campy horror comedies back in the day when I was a teenager was um, the f- movie Fright Night. And back in 2011... They came out with a reboot, because that seems to be what Hollywood does nowadays, is just reboots of everything. Um, And I did not know that until today, actually, when you told me that he plays Charlie Brewster, who is pretty much the main character of this movie, except for the the vampire himself. Um, So even though I haven't seen it, and I have to be honest, except for Star Trek, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. And if I have, I didn't realize that it was him. Um, But I'm definitely going to check out Fright Night. Um, uh, I know the reviews weren't great, but that doesn't really matter at this point. I'm going to want to watch it just to see him in it. Um, Another movie, which is surprising... Um, I'm a big Terminator fan. I've seen all of the Terminator movies except one. And the one that I haven't seen happens to be the one that he's in. He was in Terminator Salvation, and he played Kyle Reese, actually. So another one that I have it on my DVD shelf, and I'm certainly going to be popping it in at some point now to watch it, to see him. This was from 2009, so the same year that uh, the Star Trek reboot came out, he was in another great franchise. So, uh, yeah, lots of things to watch. Um, it's amazing how many credits he has in such a short amount of time that he's he was in the industry, of course, dying, unfortunately, at 27. He started uh, his first, you mentioned it, ER, I think, was his first um, appearance, and that was in 2000. So 16 years in the business, and he has, how many credits does he have? 60-something, I think?
2: Yeah, you know, like 65. That's amazing. It just, you know, clearly he was someone that people wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you figure when JJ cast him in these movies, JJ had clearly seen his body of work up till that point and was impressed with him enough to give him a, a character that is part of our pop culture uh, you know, squarely. Right. I mean, people know Chekhov. Yes. It's that simple. Yep. And he he played it with with great ability. I I was I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, I didn't know what to expect when we saw that that first Star Trek two thousand nine movie and you know it, it had the ability or it had the potential to to go wrong at that point mm-hmm. especially when you get to Chekhov in the russian accent right and when i first heard him you know deliver his lines like we played in that opening scene i'm like wow yeah. this brings a, a quality that i hadn't ever thought about mm-hmm. i thought it had to be a cheesy accent <laughs>
0: it,
1: it, it, it really wasn't um One of the things that you mentioned recently, uh, two things. Uh, First is about that that track that we played, the opening. You said something to me today when we were chatting about what we were going to be discussing tonight, and it really hit me hard, Um, and that's in regards to that specific scene. Why don't you uh, let everybody know what we discussed in regards to that scene?
2: Yeah, it occurred to me earlier today that you know, in that scene where Chekhov is doing the mission briefing and he has to give his security code to the computer that the two actors in that scene are now gone. You know, a- Anton is in that scene. And then also Majel, yeah. Majel Barrett Roddenberry is the computer voice in that scene in her last ever performance taped shortly before she passed away. And I'm, um, I was listening to that scene as we were queuing it up to do this, the, uh, the episode tonight. And I'm like, wow, it just, it, it sort of hits me as a wave all over again. You know, When we started doing this podcast, we imagined that episodes like this would occur, but I don't think either of us ever imagined that we would be talking about Star Trek's youngest cast member.
1: No, not at all. I mean, I remember when we did the Memorial for Leonard episode four of the podcast, and that was devastating enough Um, with such an iconic character and such a wonderful actor and, and gentleman, but, you know, 80 something years old, poor health. Um, you know it 's going to happen we 've seen several uh, members of the original series cast and some next generation guests passing away over the last year and a half or so and and it 's you know it 's unfortunate but it 's also not unexpected. This is totally unexpected this is something that you don 't have any any way of seeing coming and so it 's a little difficult to uh, to get through and to compute I guess is the best way. Um, One of the things that really uh, has hit hard today for me is looking at social media, uh, Twitter specifically, because it's a great way for people that we don't get to speak to on an everyday basis to share their thoughts. And by that I mean all of the extended Star Trek cast from all of the different movies and all of the different shows. Um, Interesting to see a lot of the things tweeted out uh, from uh, Marina had some great things to say. Nana Visitor had some wonderful things to say. I think you saw some really powerful messages as well, which I'll uh, I'll have you talk about in a second. But the one that struck me was the one from Chris Doohan. Um He was in 2009, uh, and Into Darkness is in a small role. Of course, we know him from, from Star Trek Continues playing Scotty, um, but to have him... Uh, tweet out what a pleasure it was to work with Anton and just those two brief scenes in 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 those films. Uh, the one that comes to mind is when he's transporting uh, Kirk and Sulu as they're falling towards the Vulcan surface. Um, he's sitting there next to him. He said he was hilarious in between takes. Um, it's just really sad when you have someone with that potential to have something so freakish happen like this.
2: I think that one of the things that are a couple of the tweets that really resonated with me, or one in particular from Jonathan Frakes. And it's not like Jonathan has, has really worked with Anton, to my knowledge. I mean, maybe he's directed him in something, or, or perhaps he, he knew him just from being part of the of Star Trek. But his tweet said, "R.I.P. Anton Yelchin, family member gone too soon." And that's that's really what's happened. Yeah. A part of our, so, you know a, a member of our extended Star Trek family has has left, and we're still, you know, really kind of dumbfounded as to to why. You know, Carl Urban was at Denver Comic Con this past weekend, and he was slated to be there all weekend long. And when he heard the news, he he left the convention, and he tweeted, "You know, I I can't believe it. I'm having hurt and bad. Yeah. And I think to some extent, we all are. Right? Quite honestly,
1: it's it's interesting to see the amount of Star Trek family, quote unquote, reaching out. No, they may have never worked with him or they never got the opportunity to talk to him. But they're part of that family now. You're part of that family forever once you've been in any Star Trek. One of the tweets that really got me wasn't from a particular uh, member of any cast. But unfortunately, I don't have the name of the artist, but it's a a drawing. Um, And the drawing is of of Spock uh, holding his hand in the Live Long and Prosper salute. And behind him is Dr. McCoy. Uh, as well as a younger version of Scotty from, it looks like the next, uh, excuse me, the motion picture. Um, they're all facing us, and we see the back of Anton and the back of his head, and Spock is saying, my young friend, we did not expect to see you so soon, but we would be honored to have you join us. Come, everyone is waiting. You'll want to meet Gene, I am certain. That might have been the most powerful thing I saw on Twitter today.
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. It It really kind of... Kind of brings it all home, I mean you know he he was an actor, he'd played a variety of roles, but you know for us he's always going to hold a special place you know in our hearts and in our fandom as as Chekhov you know he He was an actor of great talent and he'd been playing roles amazingly well since he was a child, you know, Zachary Quintos described him as intellectually curious mm-hmm. and wise beyond his years and um he he truly is now sadly gone way before his time.
1: Right. Um, one of the things that's, I don't want to say nervous for me now at this point is, but I kind of don't know how it's going to be, what it's going to be like is beyond is opening in a, in a month and two days, I believe is the countdown right now. Um, and we know through interviews and various other outlets that they are planning or they have filmed in the movie, they're going to have some kind of of reference to Leonard's passing. Um, and that's something that I was very much looking forward to. I'm still looking forward to it, but it, now it's going to not be the same because we also have this unfortunate thing taking place just right before the movie opens.
2: I'm, for me, I'm looking forward to seeing Star Trek Beyond. I think it's going to be a, a great movie and, and probably the most Star Trek-like of, of the three new films that we've had. But it's going to be bittersweet because you know Anton's going to spend a, a large chunk of his time in this movie on screen um, with with Chris Pine because their two characters are sort of split off from the group at some point from what we can tell. Right. And you can tell that he's going to have probably some substantive stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there will be another Chekhov. There will be other Chekhovs. But I've appreciated the way Anton has played him. You know, you and I talked earlier about um, the fact that I watched the original series on Saturday mornings. And this past weekend I watched Cat's Paw. Yes and there was an element of Chekhov that I had forgotten about from that episode. There's a scene on the bridge where DeSalle comes up from engineering to, uh, take command of the enterprise while the landing parties on the, on the surface. And he asks Chekhov to, you know, run some sort of scan or, or, or whatever it is. And I'm paraphrasing now, uh, just cause I'm having a hard time collecting my thoughts. And, um, he doubts Chekhov's ability to do it. And Chekhov says, I, I can do it. I'm not too green. Mm-hmm. And, n- I had forgotten that that aspect of Chekhov's character was there. The fact that, you know, maybe some did think he was green Mm -hmm. and he did have this. No, I can do it. And that directly translated into how they wrote Chekhov for the new movies. And I thought that Anton did a beautiful job playing that quote unquote Russian whiz kid.
1: That's one of the examples of why I appreciate the J.J. movies is sometimes people say that it's not Star Trek, but he has several examples of how he paid um, respect to the original series, and I think that's a perfect and subtle example of how he did it. You wouldn't think of one episode of Catspaw, a particular line making its way into the reboot. I can do this. I can do this. It's, it's brilliant. I thought it was great, and Anton pulled it off without a hitch.
2: He really did. And uh, sadly, um, he has gone from us now, and, and we will miss him mm-hmm. w- without a doubt. Uh, Dan, you've got a glass sitting in front of I you. Did. and um, You want know, to tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, I have a Star Trek shot glass, and it is a shot glass that was designed specifically for the 2009 reboot. It's got the new Enterprise on it. And in this glass, I have poured vodka, to salute Anton Yelchin, who was taken from us too soon. Anton Yelchin, 1989 to 2016, 27 years young. May he rest in peace.
2: Ah. Thank you for joining us for this uh, special edition of Trek Geeks. We'll return next week with our regularly scheduled episode that we preempted for this, this really quick uh, discussion on Anton this week. But um, thanks again very much, and we'll talk to you soon.